The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners. Today, we take a look at October 18, 1924, a day that lives in the eternal minds and hearts of college football fans everywhere, arguably the most famous day in college football history. On October 18, 1924, this was the day of the original ride of the Four Horsemen, inspired by Grantland Rice's famous words. And on this day, October 18, 1924, Red Grange turned in the most famous 12 minutes in the history of college football, scoring the first four times he touched the ball, amassing 265 yards before the first quarter ended. So let's start by taking a look at October 18, 1924, and discuss the Notre Dame Army game. The 1924 Notre Dame Fighting Irish finished the season 10-0, and Coach Rockney considered this his best team. Uh, who am I to argue? The four horsemen, coined by sports writer Grantland Rice, were the legendary backfield of halfback Jim Crowley, fullback Elmer Layden, halfback Don Miller, and quarterback Harry Struldreyer. The 1924 team was dominating, winning by an average score of 29-5. Their closest game, that was a 13-7 defeat of Army at Army, sending Army to the only loss of the season. They won by scores of 40 to nothing, 34 to nothing, 34 to 3, 38 to 3, and 40 to 19. On October 18, 1924, that season, the famous verses posed by lyrical sports writer Grantland Rice took place. Now, the Notre Dame backfield of Struldreyer, Crowley, Miller, and Layden was to become the most renowned quartet in college football history. Specifically, they were quarterback Harry Struldreyer, left halfback Jim Crowley, right back Don Miller, and fullback Elmer Layden. It all started two years earlier. Newt Rockney devised the lineup in the 1922 sophomore season of these players. But the foursome, with the assistance of Grantland Rice, who's a sports writer from the New York Herald Tribune, achieved football immortality after Notre Dame's 13-7 victory over Army on, again, October 18, 1924, when Rice wrote the most famous verse in the history of sports journalism. Outlined against a blue, gray October sky, the four horsemen wrote again. In dramatic lore, they are known as famine, pestilence, destruction, and death. These are only aliases. Their real names are Struldreyer, Miller, Crowley, and Layden. They formed the crest of the South Bend Cyclone, before which another fighting army team was swept over the precipice at the Polo Grounds this afternoon, as 55,000 spectators peered down upon the bewildered panorama spread out upon the green plain below. Now, Jim Crowley said later, at the time, I did not realize the impact it would have. But the thing just kind of mushroomed. After the splurge in the press, the sports fans of the nation got interested in us, along with other sports writers. Our records helped, too. 
If we lost a couple, I don't think we would have been remembered. Well, the four horsemen garnered their spot in gridiron history. As a unit, Struldria, Crowley, Miller, and Layden played 30 games and only lost to one team, Nebraska, twice. Struldria, well, he was the field leadership general, and he was unmatched. Crowley, he was the back who outflanked defenders with his shifty ball carrying. Miller, according to Newt Rockne himself, Miller was the greatest open field runner he ever coached. And Layden, well, he was the fastest of the foursome. The game that prompted the verse, you asked, that Notre Dame 13, Army 7 victory on October 18, 1924, it went down something like this. The cadets did stage a late rally but fell short in front of over 55,000 frenzied fans of the polo grounds. The Irish started the scoring with a touchdown in the second quarter that followed a very long drive and Layden shot over from the one-yard line. And the Irish took a 6 to nothing lead. In the third quarter, Crowley finished yet another long drive with a 21-yard touchdown run to increase the lead now to 13 to nothing. Early in the fourth quarter, Army scored to close the gap to 13 to 7, but that's where the score remained. Newt Rockney's game plan, the Irish's speed and decisiveness is what they would rely on that day, led way to a game that was not really as close as the score indicated. The Irish backfield ran sweeps around the end and inside the tackles, and it befuddled the cadets all afternoon. Miller, Crowley, and Struldria ran wild that day. The game had dignitaries in the stands. The Secretary of War Weeks was there. Major General Robert Lee Bullard was there. Dr. Hubert Eckner, commander of the ZR3. They were all in attendance for that famous game. Now let's turn our attention to the other game, the game that made Harold Red Grange a legend. Harold Red Grange played halfback for Illinois from 1923 to 1925. He turned in the greatest 12 minutes in college football history. On October 18, 1924, in front of over 67,000 fans in Urbana, Illinois, jammed into a new $1.7 million Illinois Memorial Stadium, they bared witness to the brilliance of Harold Red Grange. Red Grange took the opening kickoff against Michigan to the house for a 95-yard kickoff return. Quoted from the New York Times, the quote read, the game was won and lost in the first thrill-packed moment when Grange, extricating himself repeatedly from tacklers, crossed the goal line and permanently shook the Wolverine morale. Then on the Illini next possession, he took the handoff around the left end, cut back and raced 67 yards for a touchdown. On the next possession, Grange took the handoff, raced and cut back across field for a 56-yard touchdown. And two minutes later, he took the handoff and ran 44 yards for a touchdown. Now, one needs to pause and think about this and recognize in a 12-minute span on four consecutive runs, each time he touched the ball, Red Grange scored. This means in 12 minutes of game time, Red Grange scored four touchdowns on four carries and rushed for 265 yards. Think about that. Grange then rested until the third quarter, and in the second half, Grange scored on a 13-yard run and then threw a touchdown pass. He totaled 402 yards that day, and that's not all. His efforts led Illinois to a 39-14 defeat of Michigan, ending the Wolverines' 22-game winning streak on a day Illinois was inaugurating their new stadium. And the legend of the Galloping Ghost was born. The next season, on Halloween, he gained 363 yards and scored three touchdowns against Penn from the East. 
at 24 to 2. Illini, upset of the Eastern Giant. Writers waxed poetic prose about him yet again. Grantland Rice wrote, two ghosts that drift and glide, one to tackle, its rival most to side. One of them is a shadow, and one of them is Grange. Damon Runyon wrote, the man Red Grange of Illinois is three or four men, and a horse rolled into one. He is Jack Dempsey, Babe Ruth, Al Josen, Pavel Nurme, and Man of War. Put them together, they spell Grange. In the 1920s, Again, he was known as the Galloping Ghost, and in 20 games at Illinois, he rushed for 2,071 yards, passed 575 yards, scored 31 touchdowns, 16 of them were from at least 20 yards, 9 of them were from at least 50 yards. His legacy? Well, the AP voted him the fourth greatest player of the 20th century. Red Grange, needless to say, is in the College and Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, there you have it. The details of two games played on October 18, 1924, a day that lives in the eternal minds and hearts of college football fans everywhere. Thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.